Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our service men and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream for taking care of us the way that, you know, our service men and women take care of you. And that's how that's how they've been doing it for a long, long time here in Starkville. One of our keystone local businesses has, has been right there on the corner of Spring Street and Highway 12 for as long as I can remember. Great place to start off your morning. Not just coffee either. Great breakfast uh, pastries and sandwiches and stuff like that. Stuff to get the day going the right direction. Sort of Mississippi State could have used something going the right direction starting today. But I digress. Strange Brew Coffee House, Turn and Spoon Ice Cream. Make sure you're taking care of them the way they take care of you. College World Series merchandise still on sale at College Corner. And, hey, we're getting closer and closer to football season. You're going to need a new polo, new shirts for the football season. Make sure it's a brand new look and make sure it's something you got from College Corner, the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise available in central Mississippi right there at College Corner. Two locations in the Jackson area serve you. They're original by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco. Hey, why don't you head up there for Taco Tuesday tonight and enjoy some great Mexican food while you're watching Mississippi State in the College World Series. The place will be great. The food will be great. The atmosphere will be great. Hopefully, the baseball will be great. Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, Mexican Fair with Mississippi Roots, a menu up and down that's got a lot of unique items and something just about for everybody. No matter what your diet is, you can head over to Humble Taco and be guaranteed a great meal. Check them out on University Drive. Well, Robbie Falk, imagine if we started this podcast with me just cussing and screaming and the audio going out and everything else. And it wouldn't be any worse than how MSU started the uh, the, the game on, on Monday night uh, in Omaha, where you are. Robbie, is, as I can see him, is, is in, still in TD Ameritrade uh, joining me here. It started out okay. You know, get a one nothing lead in the top of the first inning on a, on a Cam James solo home run. But then it got out of hand, and it got out of hand pretty quickly. Christian McLeod simply didn't have it. Chase Patrick tried to clean up the mess but made a mistake. And the next thing you know, it's 7-1. to one, And it turns into an 8-2 Bulldog loss. We have to start with all the negatives, and, and, and I know you're taking a lot of, of heat on, on Twitter, but I totally agree with you that state's options, Christian McLeod has, has been a good pitcher for you all year. He's had some bad starts, but he's always bounced back and, and usually has given you a good start the next time out. The, the idea that – imagine saying on Monday afternoon, if Chris Lamontis comes out and says, we're starting Jackson Fristo, the, the, the outrage would have been in, in, incalculable calculable it would have been large there you go yeah it's been a lot of outrage <laughs> uh i thought mcleod was the right decision it just didn't work and it didn't work at the worst possible time most people would did agree with starting christian mcleod most people were saying you know maybe like maybe he's going to get a good start he has not been good in the last uh several weeks about a month but 
hardly anybody was saying don't start Christian McLeod. And at some point in the series, you were going to need him to start. And, it, I mean, you're going to have to use him at some point. So he's your best option of a guy that has pitched in a, in a big-time environment and has pitched in a big game. He's the only guy that you can count on that you know is going to – that at, you know, it's a possibility that he could have a good start. And now his last few starts have not been good, but people throwing out Jackson Fristo, who last time he, pit, he started a ball game, gave up a three-run home run in the first inning and recorded one out. People throwing out Brandon Smith, who his last start gave up eight hits and six runs in two innings. So here's the bottom line, folks. There is no one right now outside of Will Bednar and, and Houston Harding that you feel good starting right now. And, I mean, it doesn't matter who it's going to be. Whoever you throw in there is going to be a gamble or might not have a good ball game. So that's just where Mississippi State is right now. They didn't get what they needed from Eric Sarantola, who was supposed to be their third starter this year. And, uh, you know, Christian McLeod has, has not been – an ace like Mississippi State thought they that he could be. So when those things don't happen, this is the situation that you're in, and you just don't have many guys that you can rely on. Now, they were really good out of the bullpen, but we can't just automatically say that Cade Smith and Brandon Smith and those guys can come into a starting situation against the best pitcher in college baseball and go toe-to-toe with him for nine innings. Um, I think – you know, I, I didn't think Mississippi State was going to win this game going in, to be honest with you. I thought this was Vanderbilt's best shot to, to – I thought they had, this was their best shot to win a ball game in this series. So, I, I thought it was going to be tough anyway. But when you give up seven runs in one inning, you have no chance. You're, you're exactly right. And, and, you know, like you said, it was, it was going to be a gamble because outside of Bednar and Harding, what do you have? And it just didn't pay off. I thought you could take away some things from this game in, in, from, in terms of positives. I thought you, because after the first inning, I thought State pitched the ball really well. State's bullpen has been really good in this College World Series outside of two pitches, basically. Chase Patrick's pitch tonight and Parker Stinnett on, on Friday night. Other than that, they've been really, really good. And in a game tomorrow where you got to feel like the bullpen's going to play a large role and you see how they, they pitched against this Vanderbilt lineup, you should feel pretty good about state chances to come back and grab a win in this series. Now, you've already spoken to – you've already had the pro, post-game press conference. Did Chris Lamonis make it official on who's starting tomorrow, or is that still up in the air? He did not say who's starting. If I had to guess, it's going to be Houston Harding. Uh, she's going to be on three days rest. That's why that Friday game was so big, man. If they, if they could have won that ball game on Friday against Texas, which is water under the bridge now uh, – Mississippi State would be in a much better situation here. But now you're kind of forced to be on three days rest with Harding. If you can get the game three, then you're throwing uh, three days rest from Will Bednar. So uh, Mississippi State's in a tough situation. But Vanderbilt's not, uh, you know, in, in a great situation from a pitching standpoint. they still got some really good arms out there. But they use Nick Maldonado tonight, who's one of, if not their best bullpen arms. They have some really good guys in that bullpen. But – both teams are going to be stretching a little bit with, with what they do pitching-wise. I thought State did a really good job of managing uh, those innings after McLeod struggled, which is really amazing if you think about it. I mean, State just does not get these good starts from some of these guys, and they just find a way to kind of stay, stay in, in good shape with the pitching staff. Uh, they did it against Virginia. 
when they were able to string together seven other pitchers, and they did it again tonight as well. So that's one good thing you can take away from this. You didn't really burn anyone, and you still got Landon Sims out there for the possibility to come in tomorrow night or whenever you need him. But, man, you, you really need – if it's Houston Harding, you really need him to give you an extended start here. And and the offense has got to wake up too. I mean, Leiter was, was good, but he wasn't great. He, he didn't have his command. He threw – uh, 59 or – I think he threw 60 pitches for, for strikes out of uh, over 100 pitches, which is, is still okay. But for him, you know, he's not a guy that walks a ton of batters. And uh, he struck out seven or eight guys. So, it, he, was, he, was, he was good, but State just could not put together a big inning, which is kind of what, what he does. You know, he limits any kind of damage. You have to hit him for a home run or a double or something, but – the bats have got to wake up for Mississippi State tomorrow. They're, they're going to have to come out with an office, offensive explosion and try to get that win. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but on short rest, what kind of start do you, can you expect to get from Houston Harding? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the question. Um, you know, really what you, what you really want we're going to ask of him is to get, you know, first, first time to the lineup, maybe two times to the lineup would be great. If you can get three to four innings from him, I mean, I, I don't know how he – Lamosa says that he bounces back really well. So, I think he can bounce back better than, than a Bednar or Christian McLeod uh, just because of how he throws. So, he might be a, a little bit better than some of those guys on just three days rest. He might be able to come out and give you a really good start, maybe five innings. I think five innings, five or six innings would be incredible. You'd be thrilled to get five innings out of Houston Harding. At, at, yes. At, because – you got to figure, you know, you got to think in terms of what would the score be if he's in for five innings. I don't think State's losing, or they're at worst they're tied. And then it's just, can you know, can you can you give me a bridge inning to the seventh to get me to Landon Sims? And if that's the case, you know, you're just going to have to roll with that. And then you're just going to have to sort of roll with Sims and then see what happens on, on Wednesday at that point. You know, this is you've reached that point where you're going to have to start, you know, maybe taking some some less popular options. Um, I know there was some yeah. talk on Twitter tonight about Bednar possibly going. That is an impossibility, in my opinion. Uh, we've talked about it many times before that Chris Lamonis is not a coach who puts his pitchers in danger. And with Will Bednar just a couple of weeks away from being a first-round pick and being a millionaire, Chris Lamonis isn't going to do anything to jeopardize that. If Bednar throws, it will be on Wednesday. And even then, I would imagine he's probably on some sort of pitch count around 75, 80 pitches at, at most, just because he's going to be on such short rest. Uh, and and you'll be going up against Kumar Rocker in that situation, and Rocker, my guess, would not be on a pitch count. So it would just sort of be, you know, you got to have to take advantage of, of the situation when, when when you have it. <sighs> Obviously, the crowd was fantastic for Mississippi State. A lot of Bulldog fans in there, and they they tried to give it back with the Whistler uh, in the first inning. But once Vanderbilt got the game under control, it sort of sort of died out. Just from talking to the players and the coaches, you know, what was the what was their vibe after the game? Just do you feel like that the guys you know mentally are still in the place where they feel like they can bounce back, which is something they've done all year? I actually felt better um, coming away from that post game than I did that Texas game. Just from the the, the vibe that I got from Crystal Monis and, and Tanner Allen, it, it seemed like I don't know if it was a late night or what the other day, but they seemed a little more dejected after that Texas loss than they were tonight. I just. I think that they know that they've been here before, and, and now you you have your backs against the wall, and you know what's ahead of you. You got to win two ball games in a row, 
So I think they just know that, okay, we've gotten past lighter, um, and, and that's that's guaranteed to be one of the best that they're going to see. And, you know, we might see Rocker. I think you see Rocker in game three, but I don't know if he's going to be nearly as sharp um, as they would hope for him to be. But they just seem to be, you know, even kill, and, and, they, and it seems like, you know, they're excited to come back out tomorrow and have that opportunity to push it to game three. I just, you know, looking at Vanderbilt, they have not been impressive offensively to me in this series. I mean, that I don't think they're doing anything that really scares you. I, I just – I think that when you put people on base against anybody, I think that you're going to set yourself up for failure. State just needs to get somebody to throw strikes. Just somebody that comes in there and throws strikes and competes on the mound is going to give them a great shot to win uh, this entire series. I mean, the, Christian McLeod just did not compete, and he didn't do it against Virginia either. And I think that was just a killer. And you see the guys that come in behind him are throwing strikes. Nobody's walking batters, and that is the key. I, I think we saw, what, two hits the rest of the ball game, mm -hmm. and I think one or two guys walked uh, the rest of the game. So it's just – Texas did the same thing to Mississippi State the other night when State lost. They, they walked 11 batters. Texas took advantage of that. Bandy did the same thing. Three hits and seven runs in the first inning. And, and the first the four of the first five guys that reached either walked or were hit by pitch. I mean, you've got to throw strikes. You've got to get in there and compete and make them beat you because this offense is, has not been incredible uh, this entire College World Series. They won a ball game against Stanford on a walk, an infield single, an error in a wild pitch. So just throw strikes. I mean, that sounds – I actually hate that. I hate that term when people just say just throw strikes because it's a lot harder than that. And uh, But you, you just can't – you can't give these free bases. They've been killing Mississippi State in the losses that they've had. What, what do you make of Christian McLeod at this point? I don't know. Um, I mean, this is a guy who was a I mean, preseason, was a – Potential first round, predicted first round draft choice. I, I certainly don't see that being the case now. I mean, does he does he stay in the draft? Is he going to be drafted high enough to go? Does he return to Mississippi State? Does he still have a role? I mean, is is it mental? Is it physical? There just seems like there's more questions than I've ever seen about a guy who was the SEC pitcher of the week. I want to say, at worst. The last was here. Was it him or Bednar the last weekend of the season? Two weeks it, before that, I think. Yeah. I think it was him. I mean, this guy had pitched good, pitched really well at times, but since basically the postseason play started, he has just been awful. His his control is is one thing. When he doesn't have his control, it really unravels for him. He's he cannot get it back. I think he did one one game. He showed BTU. some resilience. BCU game. And uh, other than that, it's just been – it's just it's just unraveled on him out there. He cannot get his control. We saw it against Vanderbilt earlier this year. He rolled through that lineup the first time through, walked a couple of batters, and it just fell apart. And you know, I think really it's in his head. A lot of it, it seems to be mental for him, and that happens for pitchers sometimes. It just seems like when he faces a little bit of adversity, it just starts slipping away for him. And we saw that early. I mean, he comes out and walks Bradfield to start the game. And that was a competitive at bat. It was an eight-pitch at bat. And he just could not get him out. Walks him and things just start falling apart for him out there. So, 
I think for the most part, it's just it's just a mental thing for him. He's he's got a mental block that he's not get able to get past. As far as you know, where he projects at this point, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's probably going to be drafted in the first five rounds still, and I, I think he's probably going to go. But I don't know. It's just a it's a weird situation right now, and it's just a shame that he wasn't able to to kind of get it together here, and he's had such a rough go of it to close out what's possibly the end of his career at Mississippi State because he's a really talented pitcher and this is uh this is a tough way to end. It really is. Like like it just doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, with Fristo it was one thing because uh you know first year on co- in college and you know you, you sort of reach that 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 point physically. And I know that Christian McLeod has not pitched a full season, but he's had 3 full years of being here at Mississippi State and and undergoing college level coaching and college level strength and conditioning. So I don't buy into the you know the, the dead arm with Christian McLeod. I mean you look at it he's throw, he's, he's throws 91 90 on his fastball. He was doing that tonight. He's been doing that all year. I I agree with you. It's just he doesn't respond well if he, he's not doing doing good early. If he can come out and have a shutdown one, two, three inning in the first, you're going to get a good five, six innings out of Christian McLeod. But if he has to grind out that first inning, you know you're you know it's just going to be one of those nights. And it's just you sort of have to hope that he is more talented than the team he's playing. And he can do that when you're playing South Carolina and Alabama and teams like that. But in this situation, I mean, it, it was just too much. Lamone has taken some social media heat. I can't get behind that because people are like, oh, after the second batter, he should have been should have known. What are you going to do? The kid's confidence is already hanging by a string. Can you imagine if he just, you know, the first walk, you go send somebody down to the bullpen? You might as well just pull him out of the game at that point. So I, I don't have an issue with, with how Lamone has managed this game more than any other game. Um, that happens all the time. It's no. Every single game, when somebody struggles, get them up, get them out. And what and a lot of people wanted uh, the bullpen to be active when the game started. What kind of precedent does that see? Does that send to your pitcher that when he takes the mound, there's already people throwing in the bullpen? That's yeah. that's that's not going to do any good. And no, you, I mean, coach like that. And I've always said you cannot just you cannot just rip people out of the game at the first sign of distress. I mean, people have to figure out at some point he's going to have to figure out how to um, get out of that trouble. And, and if he can't do it in college, how's he going to do it in pro ball? So, I mean, you can't just start pulling guys. And also, if, if he somehow figured it out right there, got out of that inning and was able to cruise, I mean, that saved some of your bullpen. So, you know, and I, I mean, like we just – we can't keep – anytime, you know, something bad happens, we can't go out there and say Lamonis is an idiot and things like that. I mean, decisions – are good and some of them are bad in baseball it happens all the time he's not going to bat a hundred um so i i mean you just you got to take the good with the bad sometimes you're going to have nights like you had uh against texas and you're going to have nights like you had against vanderbilt uh and that's just how baseball goes yeah it's just a tough night and we'll see if this Bulldog team can shake it off. Let's talk about tomorrow a little bit more. Let's move on over to that. That's brought to you by our good friends 
over at Welcome Home Beef. We want to remind you that their products are available in your local grocery stores all across the state. And if they aren't available in your local grocery stores, well, you need to get on the phone and find out what you've got to do to get this Mississippi company's products, this great grain-fed, locally sourced beef on the shelf at your local grocery store. Here in Starkville, we've got Val's Marketplace, and that place has Welcome Home Beef products on the shelf. Steaks, burgers, roast, and any special orders you need, they can handle those as well. Why don't you call Welcome Home Beef today and find out what they can put on the grill for you. 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. This will be another place that's going tonight uh, as the College World Series continues in Omaha. So swing over there to enjoy a great night of and a great dinner. Big screen TVs all over the place with the game on. And, of course, some of the best food in Starkville. Tacos, barbecue sandwiches, burgers, wings. They've got it all at Two Brothers. And, of course, a lot of great local beers on the list as well to drown your sorrows if need be. It's it's just break class in case of emergency. That's all it is. So head over to Two Brothers in the heart of the Cotton District. Enjoy some smoked southern soul food tonight while watching the Bulldogs in the College World Series. Advantage Business Systems has a two-way plan to take care of you. They're going to offer you an inventory of products, of copiers, printers, digital products, software, anything your business needs to operate with more profits and less problems. And then they're going to back everything they sell you up with the kind of customer service you would expect from your next-door neighbor. And that's really what Advantage Business Systems is. They've been working in Mississippi for nearly 50 years, and you just can't stay in business that long unless you do right by your customers. Call them today. Find out how they can help you. Find out how your Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The number is 601-362-9192, or visit them online at absms.com. So we look ahead to a another first pitch at six uh, six o'clock, barring some uh, some some weather. I, I use the quote fingers when I say weather because there wasn't any real weather tonight, but they did delay the game. Uh, and like we said, we don't really know. We don't know for either side. Did we? Did Vanderbilt make a, a, an announcement on who they're pitching uh, on Tuesday? No, but uh, I would imagine it would be Little. Yeah, who pitched uh, game. I guess game three, the lose, he was the starter in the game against Stanford uh, yeah. for them and uh, pitched pretty well. I mean, a 17-year-old kid who pumps 97 miles an hour, you know, another one of those power arms that Vanderbilt has, but has, you know, has had some issues here and there uh, this season. And outside of Rocker and Leiter, they, just, they have just had a lot of inconsistency on the mound, uh, has Vanderbilt. So, And then for Mississippi State, we expect Houston Harding to get the start uh, at this point. Would it surprise you, though, if, uh, completely? And I, I don't know how – I would understand. I would. And you would understand. But the average fan would not understand if Lamontis were to come out and say, I didn't want to start Houston Harding on short rest. Would you be surprised if it's – how surprised would you be, I guess I should say, if it's someone other than Houston Harding starting this game? I'd be pretty surprised just because of what Lamontis said and what, what we mentioned earlier that – he should be able to to bounce back a little better than the other guys. Uh, I don't think he's your your high effort guy, max effort guy. So he's not going to have as much stress on that arm as some of those other guys that come in there, like Landon Sims and Will Bednar. So I think I don't think three days rest is is too much of a chore for him to come back from. I just I don't know if you're going to get a hundred pitches. I think, like you mentioned, uh, you know, 75 pitchers or something like that, 
would be ideal. But you just need a guy to go out there and, and compete. You need a guy to, to not melt down uh, and walk batters. And that's he's been one of State's best. And when there's guys on base or he's faced a little bit of adversity, he can bear down and get out of it. So uh, I think that's the guy you want on the mound, and then you just figure it out in game three. And then you you met, you made a really good point, and then this is definitely the truth. State has got to get the bats going uh, in in this next game. They just didn't have anything uh, beyond that Cam James home run. You had Tanner Allen with a double. Uh, I don't remember what the third hit was off the top of my head. Um, I think it was was it um, Logan Tanner's? Yeah, Logan Tanner, which was a really good piece of hitting, uh, by the way, yep. on the O2 pitch. But you know, the bottom of the order, which you and I have talked about, and has been so crucial for Mississippi State, Cumbus, Clark, Nothing from them. State has got to get these bats going. State State has to score runs in this game to win. I, I don't think this is going to be a lower-scoring game with, with these two guys on the mound. I think this is going to be a game where you need six, seven, maybe even eight runs to win. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I think they can score runs on on this guy. You know, I think Lighter's just lighter. I mean, that he's been trouble to hit all year. The only guys that have been able to hit him or guys that can barrel up that fastball, and you have to basically hit it out of the yard to score on him. He just doesn't – you don't string together hits on him. He's just been incredible, and you got to tip your hat to the guy. Like I said, he he wasn't great uh, to his standards on uh, Monday night, but he was still really good. And we gave up three hits or whatever it was, five hits and, and two runs uh, all game long and didn't walk many batters, struck, struck some guys out. So – he was really good. Maldonado is their best guy out of the pen. So, I mean, you just went up against two of their three best arms. Uh, so, I, I think, you know, they're still going to be good. They're, they're still going to have some guys that can come out there and run it up to 95, 96 and have a really good breaking ball. Just about everybody they run out of the bullpen can do that. But you can also hit these guys outside of Rocker and Lighter and Maldonado. So, State's got to come out and really have a good approach at the plate, and they're going to have to score some runs. I think they need to score some runs early to feel really good about your pitching and get a, try to try to push a lead out and try to get a, a healthy lead uh, to make yourself feel good, really good about uh, a possible game three. And I think another thing you need, you talk about getting out to an early start, is that crowd. I mean, you, you, gave, them a, you gave them a moment tonight with the Cam James home run, and they were in the game. You've got to give them a reason to get in that game and, and stay in that game for multiple innings. And so, uh, yeah, the, the hot start, Mississippi State needs it. This is – you know, the second time State's played in this final, the final series of the College World Series, and they're just out of the game before it starts, it feels, both times in game one or, or in any game. They just have not played well in these games. So I, I, I think a hot start is absolutely crucial for the Bulldogs to have a chance. What do you think, though? Are you going to be there another night, or, or what, what's your prediction? My, I, I would be really surprised if they come out and lay an egg on Tuesday. It would be really surprising. With what we've seen from them all year long, I mean, it's just it's been a resilient team. And hey, I mean, I, I thought the same thing uh, about the 2013 team. They came out and, and lost that ball game. So, uh, you know, I, I think I think they're going to win. But you know, at the same time, that they're not in a great pitching situation here. They're they're pitching Vanderbilt getting pushed to. To, to the finals without playing that game and Mississippi State having to play that extra day instead of, you know, going 3-0. and Going 3-0 and was going to be the perfect 
thing for Mississippi State, and they just they couldn't finish that game off. And then Vanderbilt getting an opportunity to rest lighter and pitch him in game one, that, that's just a killer. Yeah. But, um, you know, still, still very winnable, but State's got to come out and play great. Yeah, I, I think State can get this game tomorrow, but it, it's absolutely crucial that they come out hot. They need to, 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 they need to give themselves that confidence. They need to give Houston Harding that confidence. They need to give their fans that confidence. If they do that, if they can get two or three runs in the bottom of the first inning, they'll be the home team tomorrow. If they can hold a lead through the fourth or fifth inning, I feel really confident about their, their ability to get the game. If they fall behind early, I think it's going to be a very big hole. Even a, a small, small deficit will be a big hole uh, to climb out of. A little football news here before we go. All right, big commitment for Mississippi State, and I mean big in the absolute most literal sense of the word. Cam East, offensive tackle, St. Augustine High School, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, six foot seven, 280 pound high school junior. Seven, this kid's 17, and he's that big already. Uh, and he, I mean, looking at, it, at the pictures and the, and the video, I've seen he, that frame is big. A lot of good offers. He picks Mississippi State over, over TCU, uh, Arkansas, Florida State, Georgia. Uh, Texas Tech, Virginia, a lot of great offers for this kid. I really like where State's headed in terms of recruiting on the offensive line. I like this kid. I like Lucas Taylor. I, I like Bryson Hurst, who all indications are he'll be soon to add to this class. And then the, the, the prospects they have remaining on the board are, are guys who have Power 5 offers. You can tell that you know State had two priorities in this class, it feels like, defensive back and offensive line. And they're really doing a good job of filling those needs, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. This, this was a big get. This is a kid that LSU's been s- sniffing around, you know. I mean, and what, have we, what do we always say? If, if you are around a kid, if you're getting kids that LSU is like on the borderline of taking, then you're in good shape. Like these are the kind of kids that you want right here, the guys that – LSU is considering taking, they're looking at, but they might not take them. They might have might not have room for them. These are the kids you want. And they were really they were starting to kind of heat up uh, their interest in him a few weeks ago and uh, even talked about possibly offering. So I, I think this is a huge get. And like you said, great size, a kid from uh, that that comes from a talent rich area in Louisiana, obviously. And has some solid offers, too. Arkansas, Florida State, Georgia offered early, Texas Tech, Virginia. So he's got some power five offers. I just think that the the type of players that they're recruiting on the offensive line right now it just seems to be, you know, they're in a good spot. Yeah. It feels like Mason Miller really has it going on right now with uh, his group. So I, I really like this get from Mississippi State. It's been building for a little bit. He came up to a top dog camp, had a great time. He has a good connection with these coaches, and I, I think it's a, it's a big-time get for Mississippi State. It's kind of interesting looking at MSU in the recruiting rankings. They lost, they obviously lost a commit last week, uh, Jacarius Clayton. Uh, who, has he already flipped Ole Miss? Is that a done deal? No, he not, is, not, he is not flipped. Yes, okay. uh, and I, you know, I don't know if, if he will anytime soon. I'm not real sure. 
it would be something for him to say, I want to enjoy the recruiting process and then commit somebody a week later. But that's that's sort of par for the course in the recruiting business these days. But because some uh, some websites outside of the 24-7 uh, banner have ranked MSU's uh, commitments at long last, States, who was ninth, has dropped down to 17th, and all of their four-star commitments are now three-star composite commitments, although they do still have some uh, some 24-7 four-stars uh, on the list. But I'm, I'm not really concerned about that at this time, especially when it looks like later, if not later this week, in the next couple of weeks, Xavier Harris will make a commitment to Mississippi State. Stone Blanton is a player that you expect to commit to Mississippi State. These are four-star guys. Bryson Hurst, another guy who we just talked about. Uh, the four-star kids are coming to this class. It's going to end up being a very solid recruiting class. Maybe not, maybe not a top 20 class when it's done, but another good top 25 class. With 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 the two position groups, you absolutely had to have some guys in uh, are are coming in. If you're getting quality players and filling needs, you're doing good. I mean, it's one thing you know, and I always point to Ole Miss uh, under Hugh Freeze, getting a lot of great players, but not filling their needs. They were just signing four and five star receivers just to to break up that recruiting ranking. I mean, it, it got to the overkill point. And then you ask sometimes, yeah, yeah, you, State needed five offensive linemen. Uh, in I think that was a 2016 class, 2017 class, but none of only one of them made it to campus. And Cordavian sucks. The rest, you know, never showed up. They went to JUCO and they just never made their way here. So this class looks like it's going to be that the right balance of needs filled with quality players. I like to see that. This class, I'll be honest with you, they're recruiting better than I thought they would. The Mike Leach staff. Yeah, they are, and uh, you know, it trickles all the way down to the recruiting staff, the off the field staff there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really like the the mojo that this group has going on right now. I, f- I feel like they're in a really good spot, and uh, you know, they they got a chance to to get some guys down the road, like you mentioned. So and we'll see what happens there, but uh, it's it's already a really good start for this group, and um, they got a chance to have an even better finish. We haven't really talked about it, and I don't know that you've had any dealings with them, but State made a couple of recruiting hires. Matt Dudek coming down from Michigan, and then I don't remember the guy's name, and maybe you do, who took over for Mason uh, Smith. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to I, – I'm just drawing a blank. I can't. Here. That's, yeah, that's I can't. fine, though. Have you had any, any dealings with Dudek yet? He, he's a very active guy on social media. Have you had a chance to talk to him? I have not. I haven't had a chance to, to meet him you know, or, or the new guy. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I've I've been pretty much strictly over at baseball. Paul and Steve um, do a lot of the recruiting stuff for us for football, and I just kind of watch what they do for the most part. I'm reading along like everyone else. We'll see. We'll see how those guys go. But like I said, I feel like the recruiting has been a bonus for Mississippi State under Mike Leach so far. The question is, what I expected, the great offense, will that come? Uh, to Mississippi State anytime soon. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, all right, tomorrow's show, we'll be recapping again. We're going to have to push the rumblings back until the World Series is over. We'll worry about yeah. that when we get there. Uh, football previews and stuff like that are going to wait till Robbie gets back. Uh, we might do a couple of those this week uh, on, like, Thursday, Friday. I don't, I don't know when, what Robbie's schedule is to return to Starkville. We'll worry about that when we get there. So tomorrow, recapping game two and hopefully previewing a game three uh, for Mississippi State. Until then, for Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.